Hello you scruffy looking nerf herders and welcome to Ramcast, a Star Wars episode, episode 1. This is the offshoot of the main Ramcast uh, podcast channel where we get to dive into that galaxy far, far away and, and embrace our love for it. Go into the lore, go into the books, go into the movies, go into the series, go into the games. We can go everywhere we want to in this galaxy far, far away. The possibilities are endless. And I am your host, Ryan Mathers. But I mean, why are we using silly human names when we could be awesome and use our Star Wars names? So I am your host, Matrai Thoka. And if there's anybody out there who still doesn't know how to do their Star Wars name, basically you take the first three letters of your surname, the first three letters of your name, your first name, smash that together. So mine's Mathers, Ryan. So Matt, Ryan. Then uh, your mother's maiden surname. So my mother's maiden surname is Thomas. So you take the first three letters of that. So T-H-O. And then the first two letters of the city that you were born in. So I was born in Cape Town. So it's C-A. So Thok. And that is how you do your Star Wars name. On today's episode, I didn't want it to be too long or too crazy or anything. I just wanted to have a quick chat with you guys about the love of Star Wars and also the beginning of my love for Star Wars. Let's, before we get into my origin story with the 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 galaxy far, far away. Let's look at Star Wars itself. And this was something that got brought up in a interview that uh, happened on the main Ramcast channel. And it's a philosophy or a theory or uh, whatever you want to call it that I picked up from another Star Wars podcast channel called Force Center, which I implore you guys to go listen to if you are into Star Wars. The three of them over at Force Center. That's Joseph Scrimshaw, Ken Knapsack, and Jennifer Lander. They're amazing. Their insights are amazing. Really give them a bash. And they talk about this idea or this analogy of Star Wars being like a buffet. So when you go to a buffet, you've got endless amounts of foods or different types of foods that you can try. There might be a meat dish. There might be a fish dish. There might be a chicken dish. There might be a carrot dish. There might be a coleslaw dish. What I'm trying to say is Star Wars is very much like that. There's a multifaceted array of things that you can try. You've got Rebels, you've got Clone Wars, you've got the nine films, you've got the two standalone movies, um, you've got Young Jedi Adventures, you've got the High Republic novels, actually the whole High Republic multimedia project because that thing is going everywhere. You've got the games. Now, what I'm trying to get to with the analogy is, say you like Clone Wars, but you don't like Rebels. It doesn't mean that the whole of Star Wars is wrong. It's just that you just don't like Rebels because of maybe it's a little bit too childlike for you. Whatever it is, it's the same analogy as in with a buffet. I don't like carrots. I'm just not big on carrots. Actually, I do like carrots. But for the sake of this analogy, I don't like carrots. It doesn't mean that the entire buffet is wrong and that the lady who owns the restaurant is now secretly enforcing carrots into every single dish because she really wants carrots to be empowered. And so people are doing YouTube videos where there's red laser eyes coming out of carrots. Do you kind of see what I'm getting at you? (laughs) So let's get back to the love of Star Wars. Let's get back to that joy of 
a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, and bang! Star Wars comes up with Johnny Williams's music. The camera either pans down or sometimes pans up if you Star Wars Episode 2, and you are hit with awesomeness. So, where did my story with Star Wars begin? And like most kids, my story starts with the toys. Because down here in Cape Town, we had a little mall. We still have it, but it's been renovated and beefed up, called Blue Root Mall. And in the back of Blue Root Mall, they had a toy shop called Reggie's. And one day, young Ryan walked into Reggie's, and he'd seen these advertisements for this new Star Wars movie that was coming out, or re-released, I didn't actually know it was a re-release at the time, called A New Hope, Special Edition. When I walked into Reggie's, I saw something that I'd never ever seen before, that completely captivated me, and it was a model X-Wing inside of a little box. And I looked at the design of this X-Wing and the pilot and the little astromech droid next to him. And I thought, what is this? I need to know what this is. I love this design. And then I saw a tie advanced with Darth Vader sitting there. And I was like, who's Darth Vader? And turned the box around and they're describing Darth Vader as a dark lord of the Sith. And I was like, what the hell is a Sith, man? And he's got these kids, Luke and Leia. They went a little bit spoilery with the boxes, okay? And... I was like, oh my word, I need to check this out. And I went to go speak to my grandfather and I said to him, as a young, young kid, I mean, this is 1997, so I was about 11, going on 12 years old. And I said to him, I was like, there's this thing called Star Wars that has these amazing toys. And he's like, have you never watched Star Wars? And I was like, you know, I knew about it, ish, you know, whatever I knew. It was old, it came from the 70s, but no, I'd never watched it. And he was like... But it's at the cinema now. And I was like, yes. He's like, okay, I tell you what, I'm going to go take you to watch that first one and we'll see what you think of it. And I remember him taking me to Blue Root Mall to the Stir Kennecor Cinema there. And we sat down and he's like, okay, this is Star Wars. And Star Wars came on and the blockade runner came flying above us. And then the Star Destroyer came over as well. And little Ryan was hooked. And the second I saw Obi-Wan Kenobi, an old Jedi, and a master, and what he can do with a lightsaber, and what you can become, what the philosophy of a Jedi is, I I was hooked, man. And I think I, I, I went back to see it a couple of times. And then they released uh, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. I can't remember how long it was in between each film, but it felt like an eternity. <laughs> And little did I know what was coming later on for me. I think it was somewhere in the region of a couple of months in between the re-releases. And once I saw Return of the Jedi, I was hooked. I bought all the toys. Basically, what I created was a kind of a, a stand or a display, if you will, of all the Star Wars stuff that I had. So that would be the X-Wing that I had, the big model, and the and the TIE Advanced, which I mentioned earlier, which came with the little Darth. But also, what came out at this time is... I think it was KFC that was with a certain kid's box meal or something. You got a, these toys with them. So there was a little at that you could get and a skiff and a Death Star that used to shoot out a TIE fighter. And I collected all of them. And I would make little tags in front of them saying what they were, you know, which movie it was from and everything. And I got obsessed. Then later on, right at the end of primary school, we got hit with Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. And I was so ready for this. 
so 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 ready uh i didn't have any of the toys or anything or what have you because basically they were too expensive but i remember going through the shops and just seeing all the posters and the toys of darth maul and young obi-wan kenobi and i knew about ewan mcgregor kind of at this point so i was like ewan mcgregor is young obi-wan kenobi i am so in i am so in and yet again bless his soul my grandfather took me to go see Star Wars Episode 1 at the V&A waterfront at the new Metro Cinema there. And I remember when I watched it, I was like, what is a trade blockade? <laughs> Which took me a couple of years to figure out. But when I saw the pod race scene, I lost my mind. I was like, this is the absolute benchmark that was further eclipsed by... The greatest lightsaber fight that's ever been done in Star Wars up to this point, which is the lightsaber fight between Obi-Wan Kenobi, Qui-Gon Jinn, and Darth Maul in the Theed Reactor. Incredible. I remember learning all of those moves. I could do all of Obi-Wan's moves in that fight with a stick or a broomstick or a piece of styrofoam or whatever. I had that waxed. Now, right there, the problems already kind of began, where I enjoyed it. I loved it. Kids, we came out of that cinema and we were jacked. We were like, yes, I love Star Wars. And everyone's like, no, you mustn't love that Star Wars. It's bad Star Wars. And I was like, why? I enjoyed it. it it's amazing. I can feel it. And they're like, no, because of this, this, and this, and this, and this. And I'm like, no. And at this point, you know, I was nowhere near the internet. So I was just like, whatever, man, that's your opinion. I love it. And that's how I went on for the next couple of years. And then slowly kind of got onto the internet where you would kind of get QuickTime trailers. And I remember first seeing the QuickTime trailer for Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. When I saw the scene where... They're in the arena and they form a circle of Jedi. I was like, this is going to be the greatest movie ever made. I was like, this is going to be it, son. So when I went to go watch episode two, I th my grandfather bailed out. At this point, he was like, you know, listen, I'm not taking you to every Star Wars. So I went with my, my friend Denver and we went to go watch episode two. The one thing I, I remember is we never spoke, we had on the car drive home, we never ever spoke about, you know, the, the dialogue or, you know, the, the romance scenes or I hate sand or anything of that nature. The thing we spoke about was when Yoda went complete ham with the lightsaber against Count Dooku. I was like, yes, that is awesome. That is amazing. Also around this point, I'd started getting into uh, PC gaming because my uncle had this Pentium 3 PC, desktop PC, that he gave me. He kind of, you know, as a, you know, there you go. Come, I'm not using this thing. I'm not playing Tiberian Sun anymore. You can have it. And I took it on and a mate of mine at school, Oliver, told me about this game called Star Wars Galactic Battlegrounds, which was like Age of Empires 2, except it's Star Wars. And you can build a Sith temple and you can pump out Darth Mauls or double lightsabered Sith warriors or like Jedi Knights. And I was like, where is this game? I need to buy it. And I bought it and I got so hooked and I would play it all the time. And around the time episode two came out, they released a, an expansion pack for it called Clone Campaigns. And it gave all the kind of episode two content inside there. And that was me done. 
And that was me for the next couple of years. I used to mod for that game. Uh, I would do art for that game. It was incredible. I got so invested. So, so invested. And yeah, there's a still a wonderful community around that game. They release a massive fan-made mod called Expanding France. Uh, every couple of months they update it and they've now brought in the First Order and the Resistance and the Black Sun and everything and you know with 4k resolution and 60 frames per second and it's amazing and my god if little 2001 Ryan could see the game now in the condition that it's in he would probably burst into tears so that was that was me with episode two so for the next three years kind of left high school went to film school then at film school I went with all the film school buddies and we went to go watch episode three together I remember watching it with them and I loved it and I was into it and everything about it and coming out of there you know, now we're supposed to be, you know, analytical film people and critique it, uh, which I've always had a bit of a problem with. And they didn't enjoy it. And they were like, you know, oh, this was wrong and that was wrong and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, didn't, didn't, did you guys miss the magic there? You know, it was there. It was on screen. But sadly, I couldn't get that across. I couldn't express that at the wimpy at Canal Walk that we were sitting at. So just had to say like, yes, the, the no at the end from Darth Vader was quite dopey, but my God, you know, Padme's ruminations and when they, Anakin's standing in the Jedi Council chambers and he's looking across the cityscape and having kind of his final goodbye with Padme before he makes a terrible, terrible choice. It's absolutely incredible. But at the time, didn't have the, the courage to bring that up and say that and what have you. And I should have, I should have. Then fast forwarding a few years, I got into, I got very into Star Wars Legends after that. Well, what is now rebranded as Star Wars Legends, and that is the books that came out. I got heavy into Legacy of the Force, which was the nine, nine book um, collection that came out that told the story of Jason Solo, who was Darth Kydus, and his fall to the dark side. It was basically kind of... Um, Anakin Skywalker 2.0 because they were released at the same time as episode 3 coming out so you know looking back I can see you know okay right you know it's not exactly highbrow but I loved those books I got so into it uh, the essential atlas books where you saw the maps of the galaxy and the different wars that had happened in the previous legends books that I hadn't read till at that point like the Thrawn campaign or the Black Fleet crisis or things of that nature really it 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 was a big part of me for quite a bit and then naturally as things happen you get older your priorities change and you start getting very concerned with money and very concerned with status and who you are or why aren't you attracting women and all that kind of horrible stuff so Star Wars drifted away a little bit at that point. It was still there, but it drifted away. Then I was also very big into like the, the, the 2D Clone Wars that came out. And now they try to push this new Clone Wars, which was 3D, that was retconning everything. So I was like, you know what? Maybe my days with Star Wars are out. I'm, you know, they're kidnapping Jabba the Hutt's son. Anakin's now got this apprentice, Ahsoka, who seems kind of annoying. Not for me. Holy moly. Was I wrong? <laughs> But anyway, fast forward another couple of years. Now I'm completely kind of out with of Star Wars. I've, you know, I've played Force Unleashed and that type of thing. And, you know, but I've kind of ignored what's been happening. And I hear that Disney has now bought Lucasfilm. 
And I couldn't believe this. I was like, what? And now it also gets announced that they're going to bring out 7, 8, and 9, which was always kind of rumored that George had this idea or that it was going to go there, but it wasn't. And it was this whole thing. And they're going to bring Mark back and Carrie back and Harrison back. And I was like, oh, my word. And then I went to go see Force Awakens. And there was a moment in that film that I will never, ever, ever forget. And it's when you see Rey for the first time and she comes out of the crashed Star Destroyer and she slides down the hill on a little makeshift slide thing, whatever you want to call it. And you hear her theme for the first time. And I remember when I heard that theme, it took me straight back to 1997 when I was that little kid with my grandfather and I saw that block rate runner coming over us and it was just pure magic. And it, it really, the force awakens has a very special effect on me. There's, there's things in that film that touch me very deeply just because it kind of goes back to the simplicity of star Wars in a way. And then, you know, we, then we go to the last Jedi, which I mean, everyone in the internet has an opinion about that film. My opinion of that film is that it is the best written Star Wars film ever made. If you look at script writing, if you look at three-act structures, if you look at heroes' journeys, all the kind of things that are baked into filmmaking, and you look at The Last Jedi, and you look at the, and you look at the arcs that is happening with the characters of Rey, with Finn. Yes, Finn has a serious arc in The Last Jedi and in Rise of Skywalker. Don't believe the internet. Go look it up. Make your own opinions, okay? Kylo Ren slash Ben Solo. Incredible arc in there. And then also Luke Skywalker. They give Luke Skywalker an arc. He goes from one point, he has a thing that he needs to get over, and he gets to another point. He validates himself as the hero of the franchise. It is there. It's a deconstruction of Star Wars. That's essentially what Last Jedi is. It's like, okay, this is Star Wars. Let's look at it. Let's put it apart a little bit. Let's put it back together. Yes, it is amazing. Boom. That's what that film is. And that's why I love it dearly. And then we jump forward a couple of years as well. And we get to The Rise of Skywalker. Now, I know everyone and their dog has an opinion about The Rise of Skywalker. What went wrong? How it should have been? Whatever. It's too fast. It's too this. It's too that. But Rise of Skywalker, for its flaws, you know, I'm not saying that these films are perfect. Let me just put a disclaimer there. I know that these films have problems. All nine films of Star Wars have problems. Okay. Every single one. But I'm not trying to focus on that. Okay. Like Qui-Gon says, your focus determines your reality. I'm not focusing on the negative because then all I'm going to get back at me is the negative. I'm focusing on the positive on what I love about this franchise. And that gives me that positivity back and it creates that feedback loop. And that's what I love. Anyway, I digress. Rise of Skywalker has my favorite scene of all time in all of Star Wars. Series, books, everything, movies, whatever. It's a deeply personal, deeply emotional scene for me. And it's when Kylo Ren has turned. Because he is Ben Solo at this point. Rey has healed him because she stabbed him with his own lightsaber. And he's looking out at the ocean on the on the Death Star ruins. And he has a kind of a, 
a conversation with his dad uh, or a memory of his father and a memory of the worst act he's ever done and he can't get over the guilt of it and how he lets go of that guilt through that scene. It is beautiful. It is absolutely stunning and is my favorite Star Wars moment of all time. And there are a lot of points in Rise of Skywalker that touch me very, very, very deeply. So I will always passionately defend that film. And my word, we haven't even gotten onto the series yet. The Mandalorian, you know, I don't, what you, I mean, Alone X-Wing, that scene, oh my God. You know, then we get to the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, which is my favorite Disney Plus show that they've done. I've said before. Yes, it has problems, but it is my favorite because of just the writing in that show and what they're saying, and it's just beautiful. I just love it so, so much. And now we got Ahsoka coming to the close as well now, and that is really, really ramping up to be top, 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 top tier Star Wars. Uh, Episode 5 alone of Ahsoka had some things, because I'm a prequel kid, that I saw in there that... I never thought I would see, and it touched me very deeply. And I cannot wait to see where they take that show. Hopefully Dave Filoni hits a home run with that last episode. And that is it for the first episode of Ramcast, a Star Wars episode. Thanks for sticking around and listening to my rambling about a galaxy far, far away. If you'd like to get a hold of me and send me your Star Wars name, (laughs) or just, you know, chat to me about Star Wars. You know, you've got questions, something, whatever. Come find me on Instagram. I'm at at Uncle Ram Z-A. So that's at U-N-C-L-E-R-A-M-Z-A. I hope everybody has a fantastic week ahead. And always remember, the Force will be with you. Always. Punch it, Chewie.